Both are really good. Well, those are both really good ones. I admit that's really good. I was really surprised with one from my mom though, because she was like, you know, but I mean, I grew up under machismo, so it's kind of like expected. Hey, you're gonna be a slut, but be a good <laughs> slut, you know. So I was yeah. like, all right, whatever. Qué pasó, cochinos and sucias? I'm that Vato Gallo, the chivalrous chauvinist. You can find me at Cochino Chingon on Instagram, TikTok, and sometimes Twitter. Welcome to another episode of Sucias, or my favorite. Today I have with me the host of the Evil Mark show, Evil Mark himself. How are you doing today, man? Oh, I am doing great, man. I, I, thank you so much for having me on your show. I, I appreciate it. After seeing your intro on, um, or your synopsis of yourself and your show on the reddit podcast guest exchange i just i knew i had to have you on but of course the topics you chose don't really coincide so much with my podcast but i'm glad you were able to come on and make time for this today oh yeah i, I love to be able to go and talk about i might mainly talk about sports so to talk about anything but sports is like a treat for me no i, I totally get it because i there was no way i could talk about the matrix four on my podcast and i just like was hey can I jump on your podcast? Hey, can I jump on your podcast? So I, I know the feeling because there's stuff that you want to talk about, but it doesn't just really jive with your niche. So thanks again for coming on. So today's episode, I have a question or, well, it's one question, but hopefully there's multiple answers. And you've had a unique life, but what are some life advice or some nuggets that you can dole out for some of my listeners? I think the, the first thing would be, and I, and I know it's cliche, and I know there's a very famous person who uses this too, but I think it's the number one thing even before pre pre incarceration after incarceration it's just it's it's just to clean your room to get in by that i don't mean like literally you should clean your room every morning but sometimes that's that's a good thing or make your bed but the what the what it really means is get your life in order if you don't have the little things in order everything you know if you don't have the small things in order you'll never get the big things in order so if we can't make our beds or take care of our hygiene or do the very very basic things and we can't expect to achieve anything more than 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 nothing. We, we have to take care of the little details and all the little details matter. That makes a lot of sense. And you, I don't know if you've noticed this or seen this, but I noticed that the current generation, whether it's millennials or Gen Z or whatever they're called now, is they, man, they shower like once or twice a week, if that, and they're, <laughs> they're okay with it. I'm like, like if they can't do that, no wonder they got so many problems. Well, yeah. And then you got some of them that are so hell bent on changing the world or like so many are like, I'm going to go, you know, be a crusader for this or that. And it's, it's hard to be a crusader and, you know, have this righteous indignation when you can't even clean yourself, can't even have a clean room, can't even wash your, I think the other one, can I curse on your show? Yeah, no, you can tell, cuss all you want. It got to the point where it's, it used to be make your bed then it became clean your room. And now it's like, wash your dick. Like it's so ridiculous now where it's devolved into where it's, we've got to go down to the absolute basics. But if you have somebody yelling at you or yelling online or trying to cancel somebody on Twitter, it's really hard to take that person seriously if, if they don't even have the basics done. And when you see a lot of these people, they don't usually have the basics done. I, I think that's a huge problem. No, I, I agree with that. But my from my angle, my perspective is I, I didn't realize this until I was trying to help some younger guys try to get it in. But their problem is they can't even approach a female because they smell so bad because they just <laughs> don't shower clean. And they think, well, well, it's something wrong with me. Well, yeah, you don't wash your ass. So if you stink, then she's not going to want anything to do with you. You know, one of the things about like a personal improvement is like, I mean, when we think, when we say personal improvement, a lot of men think like, all right, well, yeah, I'm going to go in the gym and get shredded and get fucking jacked up. And I'm going to be able to, you know, bang all these, these girls, but like personal improvements, you know, it's, it starts wherever you're at. So, I mean, if personal improvement is like, literally, I'm going to wake up every day, I'm going to make my bed. And then I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I'm showered. If that's your start, then that's your start. Everyone has to have a start. And 
and there's no shame in that. So I think like if, if, and I think all of not doing those things leads to like incelhood, like that's where we, you know, the negative aspects of it, like where it really becomes toxic. So if, if you know, if, if personal achievement or, or, you know, getting better every day, it starts with the basics and it starts with the basics, but sometimes it is those things. Like I can't talk to girls because yeah, you smell like shit. Like and sometimes it's, it's even deeper because you got a personality problem, but usually it's, it's the basic stuff. And then, you know, that leads into like depression and then not having self-esteem and all that. So it's just, like you said, it's a snowball. It just keeps, uh, being a self-perpetuating, self-fulfilling prophecy that keeps perpetuating itself because they don't take the time or want to listen to someone that knows more than them because clearly they know everything. They're like perpetual teenagers. <laughs> so let's talk about incarceration, anything dealing with that that would apply to the real world that you learned in there. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think one of the things you learn is like um, how to be grateful for, for what you have. I think that's one of the big things. One of the big things we talk about like uh, there is uh, there's like seven key attributes you need to work on. And, and, you know, they go from caring, responsibility, like all kinds of stuff. But I think the most important thing is uh, appreciation, appreciation what, for what you have. I know it's so easy to point at everything that we don't have or what other people have that we do not have. But when we think about things like, all right, well, you know, I'm here. I don't, I don't have to be away from my family. I get to see my kids. I can see my mom. I can see my dad. I get to see my friends. You know, I get a it's so crazy. The appreciation that you have when you realize like, once we get done with this interview, like I can go leave and I can go drive and I can go do what I want and I can come back or whatever I wanted. Like you have those, when you have all your freedoms taken from you, then you realize what's important. Mm -hmm. And then you realize to appreciate those little things. But I don't think you need to be incarcerated to realize that if you just take a, you know, take a, a, a survey, kind of take a, an evaluation of everything that's positive in your life, then I, I think you'll find a lot to appreciate there. I think it's hard for people to do that to do kind of an inventory of the positives in their life because we are so focused or so easy for us to spot negatives that it's hard for us to realize things are positives. Like just being able to wake up and breathe and have function of your limbs. You know, there are people who don't, but we don't think of it as a positive. It's like, okay, that's the baseline. But forgetting that because not being able to see that is I think another difficulty that we have in humanity itself, but you're, you're totally right. And to be able to take stock and say, okay, yeah, I have this, I have that, I have my family, I have my health, I have all these other things. That's very important. Yeah. I would just say like one of the, one of the big things you, you find is like uh, what they, what I think a lot of people who've been rehabilitated or been through the federal system, like you realize that there are some like there are some what they call criminal thinking errors, but I think there's some thinking errors that extend to just regular people in regular life. Like we think a, a big uh, thinking error that I think a lot of people have is like uh, mollification, making excuses like, oh, I can't do this because of this, or I can't do it because of that. Or like another important one is like, I'm doing this for a holy reason. I'm, I'm picking on someone on Twitter because I feel like it, it'll, it'll make me a better person or I want to get some kind of status from it. So when we start doing things like that, we start we can literally control our thinking. That's what's so great about like, um, and I especially think that's a problem when, when I read a lot of the advice columns and the advice forums on Reddit, they're always like, well, I got triggered or I, you know, they made me do this. It's like, nobody makes you do a damn thing. Like you have, that's a great thing about the human mind. Like you have absolute control over your mind. Now, do you have mastery over it? Can you control it? Some people just let it go. Like there's some things that, that if I happened to me, I would have a hard time controlling it, but it's mastery. Everyone has mastery of their own mind. It's the level of skill that you're at. And to, de to deny that or to say things like, oh, well, that triggers me, that triggers me, that means you've given away your entire sovereignty. That means you're going to let somebody else to decide what happens to you when that's not how it works. And I think that's what a lot of it is. I think it's a lot of it's like, we would call it criminal thinking, but just like a lot of weak thinking. 
a lot of these traps that people fall into and that's why they, they get stuck in this such a negative cycle because they get you know there's if you look it up anywhere you can look at stuff like DuckDuckGo or google or whichever preferred one you have that whoever you want to steal your information um would be like <laughs> you can look at just they would be called the seven the seven criminal thinking errors and it just goes over kind of a high level overview of, of what we fall into every day and everyday people fall into it what we see though in the federal and the state system is the same people who are career criminals they live by these they they have these kind of blocks in their mind that always lead them down the path of doing wrong stuff or getting in trouble or you know and then you have all this other terrible stuff about not being able to be with your family not seeing your kids i you know i i knew a lot of guys who uh you know they they were doing time while, while their mom was outside dying like they had family members who were dying of cancer and there's nothing more powerless than knowing that like you're there because of your bad decision. That's all right. You know, you, some people, every man's got to eventually you come to terms with that. You're like, all right, I fucked up. I'm here. I'm going to do my bid and I'm going to do my time and I'm going to get out of here. But when you know that a family member is dying, you can't be there because of the decisions you made. Then, then it makes the leap from, oh yeah, I guess this isn't about me. This isn't just a decision I'm making that only affects me. This has consequences for everybody in my life. Because when you do time, you don't do the time. That's what everyone thinks. All guys going there, I'm going to do my time. I'm at this time. That's my time. I got 10. I got a 10. I got fives. I got five. I got this. But man, everyone in your life serves that time. It's just in a different way. You're there. You're physically there. But everyone else suffers just as much as you. I totally understand that. Of course, my, my time was only in jail or county. So, but I still get that, that I missed um, some holidays uh, because of it. And you know, there, there's a whole, the rumor mill, oh yeah, we're going to get out early because, you know, the Christmas and this, and we're going to get, you know, we're doing two for one and they're going to do three for one. If you're this status and you hear all these little rumors and, you know, day comes and goes like, nope, you're still locked up. Your, your time to get out is still that date. It doesn't change. Like just because, you know, somebody made up a rumor. Oh, you know, it's funny back at the yard that I was in, like we, we would call it inmate.com. So if you heard something ridiculous like that, like, Oh, guess what? Trump's going to let all these, let all the campers out. He's going to send these people home from the feds. He'd be like, where'd you hear that? Oh yeah. I heard it. It's like, yeah. Inmate.com. That's what you heard. from. <laughs> no, that, that makes total sense. Inmate.com. Is there anything you learned inside besides that? Besides the, you know, the, the doing the time, is there anything that you can apply to the real world? Yeah. You know, I, I think a big thing for me, especially as a, as a guy who, before I went in, I was, you know, I was a stand-up comic. I had done stand-up comedy for like eight years and I like everything I did, all my, all my stuff I did was to, to pursue my career. Like I didn't want to have to work a real job. I wanted to be able to go do spots and go do whatever I wanted. And all my stuff was compartmentalized. But uh, like one thing that I learned from just the, the daily grind, the daily routine of like, I'm going to do this at this hour, that at that hour, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a plan for what my day is going to be. Uh, so I know everything I'm going to do for the day. I have a list down and I'm like working that list. I think in prison, it helps you move your time along. And you know what your goals are and you know where you're going. So you're not just sitting there going, oh my God, I'm here. I can't believe this. Like you can't get too caught up in, in where you're at because you're constantly thinking about what you're going to do next. And I think that's a, like, I've taken that and I've ported that over into my regular life since I've, since I've been home and I found great value in it. Like I, I kind of know what I'm going to do each day. I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I, I do the same kind of thing. I have a roadmap of, of what I'm going to do professionally with my podcast, I'm, I'm always constantly thinking about, all right, well, how am I going to make this better? What am I going to do to make it better? What can I do right now? Or what can I plan to do tomorrow? That's going to make things better for me. Like, it, you know, you've always got to be in that, that mode of we're going to, we're going to iterate, we're going to make things better. And if we're not making, if we're not making things better right now. How are we going to plan to make things better? That's, you know, that, that's, that's a lot of the military too. Like your time is, um, 
planned and everything, your whole day is done. There's a lot of hurry up and wait. I would imagine it's the same in prison as it oh, was yeah. in, in county. But um, I wish I could tap back into that because my time in the army was just kind of like, okay, man, as soon as I'm out of here, I'm never doing this again. Fuck everything that had to do with the army because, you know, it's even though it was getting paid, it was still time away from your family. And I need to be able to tap back into that because, yeah, it, it makes my life so much easier if you plan it out versus just, what are you going to do tomorrow? Uh, uh, check the mail. Um, <laughs> and it, it does sound corny when you're like, what are you going to do tomorrow? They're like, oh, yeah, well, Sunday's the day I hang. Like, Sunday's the day I hang with my, with my, my buddies. Like, we're going to hang out. We're going to chill out. Like, we're going to chill out from, like, you know, we're probably going to meet at around noon, and then I'll be home by 8. Like, it sounds crazy. It sounds really corny. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to. But it makes sense. Like, if you know where all your time is and you know how you're spending your time, then it's easy to review your time at the end of the week, at the end of the month, and be like, why am I not where my goals are? Why, why am I way far off? because how have I spent my time? It's like, you know, it's like screen time on your phone. When you really look at the screen time on your phone, you, you kind of get scared shitless. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe they're wasting this much time on this. 17 like, hours on Reddit this <laughs> Yeah, you're like, like, they can't be right, right? They can't mm -hmm. be right. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. But once you start looking, you go, damn. And then you, if you go like, well, you know, why, why, why is my relationship, you know, not where it's at? Why, why, why do I not know what my kids are doing? Why, why don't I have a girlfriend? Why don't I have, you know, why am I professionally? Why am I, why am I stagnant? All these things correlate, you know, screen time, what, where we spend our time is, is what's most important. Like I would tell guys who got there, um, and I'd say even people to this day, I'm like, if you're, if you're not measuring your time, then you're wasting your time. Like, you you got to know what you're doing. You got to know what's going on. You got to have goals. And I think even more powerful than, than having the goal is speaking those goals. Like, you know, I think everyone who creates a product, like you're doing your show. I know I do my show. We have common friends who do their own podcast. If, if you're not, if you're, if you don't, visualize or say it out loud like look, i want my show to be this and i'm willing to do this to make it happen then then yeah, that's fine i mean we, we all got different levels of what we want but i think when we don't say that i think we're not being honest with ourselves and that goes back to a deeper problem if we're not honest with ourselves and we say this is what i want to create this is what i want to happen what am i going to do to get there? because if we say that goal out loud then we have to do the, the unfun part the unfun part is like all right well how am i going to plan to get where i want to be <laughs> Yeah, make five TikToks a day. The easy part is saying like, oh, well, I want to be like Rogan. The the harder part is going to be, what are you going to do to be like Rogan? How are you going to get there? That's the tough part. That's the part no one wants to deal with. That's why they don't say the first part. That's why they're just like, oh, I'm going to do this. and We'll see what happens because the moment you, you say it out loud, now you got to commit to it. And I think that's the most important thing. It's like people talk about commitment to a relationship, but you got to commit to yourself. You have to mm -hmm. commit to your own ideas and what you believe in. If you're not willing to commit to that, then you don't have something you're passionate about, then you need to do something else. No, that, that makes total sense. That's another thing that I, I kind of harp on, at least on the relationship side of thing, is you can't expect a relationship to make you happy if you're not happy with yourself first. Because if you don't know how to make yourself happy, how can you make yourself happy in a relationship and make your partner happy as well? Because you got to contribute to both. But I was laughing at the whole thing about being like, I don't want to be like Rogan. I just want to be able to just show up talk and leave and then my podcast gets taken care of i have marketing i have my editor i have all that's that's where i want to be i just want to be lazy enough to just show up and bullshit once a week five days a week i don't care but just as long as i don't have to do everything else that's my my goal which of course rogan could do that but oh yeah, yeah you know definitely. i I'm, I'm i'm not too uh extravagant i don't need millions of dollars a year i just need my bills paid and just to show up and talk once a week that's all i want but <laughs> in any case uh is there anything you just like have a burning passion to share about hey, Let's talk about your show, like the side sports. Cause I know through, let's see, Eric and 
Jared. You probably, yeah, Jared. You probably know Jared too. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of a little incestuous thing now because like, oh shit, everybody knows everybody. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's mostly sports. And you said you've kind of gone off because sports or sports ball is off the air now. So your focus is now what again? Oh, I'm I'm still doing sports. So what we're still doing is like Tuesday and Thursday is a regular show, it's still just talking sports. And then I do one long form interview a week and. And I call that the the after hours. And so we're trying to hit that every single week and been pretty consistent so far with the Thursday show and with some other shows that we've been putting out. And I've been lucky enough to, to, I think last week, last Friday, and this was more of a win for my team, for everyone who helps me more so than me, but the, the podcast was ranked 108 in the sports category. So, which is, oh. I'm really blessed uh, in that case, because it's, it took a lot of work to this point, but there's been a lot of people who've donated time uh, like Jared and like Eric and, Eric does the show with me every week, which is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I am so passionate. And I'm so glad that I keep running into the same people because I love that. I love the podcasting forums on on Reddit. And I, I think there's like there's a lot of misnomers and a lot of misinformation. And I think I was actually going to be a mod of one of those before I started my show. And I just remember seeing the leadership and seeing some kind of the posts. And I was like, you know, I don't think people are being steered correctly. You know, I think a lot of this is like, this is this a lot of this information is steered towards like really really hobbyists. I don't think this is really steered toward people who have big ambitions. And what's crazy is like the people I've talked to so far like all have really good shows and all deserve a really a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we all want. I mean, we want people to listen. I look at my numbers and I don't go like I'm glad people listen, but man, it really pumps me up when the numbers go up and up and up. But like that's what we want. Like why would we ever say like oh well you know, I just want to do good. Like, no, we want to, we want to do good. And by good, we want to get our stuff out. We wouldn't make all this content. We didn't want people to listen to it. I, 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 I love that stuff. I mean, I love the people who are there. I just don't like, like how closed off and how um, siloed some of the information is. Mm-hmm. Like there's some things we don't talk about on, on those boards. Like we don't talk about how are we doing our promotion beyond like their, their information is always like put together a great show, put together, you know, have, have compelling content. But I'm telling you, that's not enough. You have compelling content. No one will find you. You have the if you have the best widget on planet Earth, and no one knows about it. No one will know about it. Why would you make something beautiful and make something that people like, and then hide it from the world? Why would you not take the next step? And it seems like that's where the disconnect is on on a lot for a lot of these people who run those forums. And I hope they don't kick me out now. But I'm just saying, <laughs> in my mind, that's my own shitty opinion. And it's from from a guy who I, I've done this before in 2016. I had a, a political podcast that I. I got in the top five and uh, before I went, before I went away and now I have a sports podcast that I've grown to like this. And I see some of that advice and quite frankly, it sucks. Yeah. My biggest thing is I'm just too lazy to do the, like the social media marketing because it's just me, a one man show. And I don't want to make TikToks and reels (laughs) and and then come up with copy and post it and then schedule. Oh shit. I need to post this before I run to the store or before I run to uh, the post office or whatever, you know, whatever I'm doing is on top of an eBay store on top of a nine to five. And so it's just like, uh, so much work, but I, on paper, or at least in my mind, I understand I need to do all these things to grow the show. But at the same time, if I don't grow the show, I'm not going to get to that point where I just want to show up and talk, you know? So it's set. Uh, it's more laziness. It really is just being <laughs> lazy because I know on paper it's going to work. It's just doing the work. Well, yeah, that's why there's so many, like, one of the things that I've, I've done with, with the, the people who hang out on my Discord channel and the other podcasters I've shown, like, everything that I've, that I've managed to figure out, I've, I've always been willing to share that information. Anyone who's ever, I've ever, you know, interviewed with, or they interviewed me, or I've interviewed them, and they, like, we sat down and was like, well, what did you do? And I'm always willing to share that information. What I hate is, like, 
when you're on Facebook and you see like that, there's a guy who's like, oh yeah, I can give you the five tips and you can grow your podcast. Cause I ran, and what they're running is they're running podcasts about how to sell podcasts. Mm -hmm. So they're not really creating content. They're, they're selling shit to us. Like that's, that's the problem. So what, what I think is, and I think I, I've heard this with, um, with a uh, YouTuber, Mr. Beast and um, a really famous YouTuber and other YouTubers like, if, if you're obsessive about it and you're, you're, this is just like a drive beyond anything. Like this is what you want to, to come off. Like this is what you want to do. Then I, I think there's, there's something to be said about connecting with other podcasters, maybe not to, to be on their show, to trade guest spots, but also to like find out what you're doing. And I'm one of those guys, if anyone ever stopped me and I'll even do this for my, my prison experience. If I ever talk to somebody on Reddit, they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to go away. I don't know what to do. But if someone wanted to know, like, what did you do, Mark? What, what did you, I tell you like, this is this is all the tools I use, and I'd want you to use those those tools as you know, just like I did. Because anything I can do to get ahead, I think everyone else can do. This is not um, in my mind, and this is something really important. I've wanted to say on somebody's podcast, I just never got the chance to. Is like this is this whole thing is not a feast or famine kind of uh, proposal. Like there's no zero sum game here in podcasting. This is gonna radio is gonna die, and this is gonna be what's left over. So, and we're we're like. Right now, we all think like, oh, there's Rogan, there's Marin, there's this, there's that, there's Conan, there's like all these guys are, especially the big guys are coming in because they know this is where the future's at. So if this is where the future's at, you're, everybody who's in right now, we're literally in on the ground level. So we can literally going to be the ones who are going to carve this out for the next five to 10 years. Now, we, do we want to be there? Do we want to find a place in it and find our spot and get in where we fit in? Or do we want to just be here in the mix when everybody passes by? in my mind that that's that's the big choice we got to make because things are going to grow this is going to be the new medium especially podcasting rather than radio and i i think youtube is going to be the the new medium versus netflix when netflix hulu and all this stuff turns into cable 2.0 free content is going to be king this this is this is going to be how it's done yes i I totally agree with all you said I, i've done radio before uh back in the 90s i was an intern and so seeing, even at the time, they were switching from analog to digital, going from uh, recording on reel to reel and uh, literally cutting with scissors and taping with scotch tape <laughs> to, to do the call-in show because it, it was just crazy because learning, you know, the, the takes that they would do when the DJ calls in and says, hey, I'm at this club and we're going to be here from night. Oh, crap. Hang on. You do a retake. <laughs> we're going to be here from 10 to blah, blah, blah. And it's ladies night. They're starting at whatever. Oh, shit. And, you know, they're going to go back and, and cut and paste that. So it was crazy seeing that. And then as it was transitioning to digital, it, it's, it's crazy to see how that transition in the 90s so quickly is transitioning to something else outside of radio into podcasting. So, See, I was, uh, I was in radio for, for about, before I even got involved in comedy, I, was, I used to work for this uh, Spanish language radio station called Chunga, Chunga Radio. And uh, we used to do, it was a local Arizona station, but our wattage tower was so small, we couldn't it was like hardly couldn't get anywhere so we used to do a i used to host an overnight show uh so the whole language the whole station was spanish language i hosted an overnight show like and i would play american pop music like i'd pick kelly clarkson i'd be like oh yeah maybe i was i was the guy i was the token i was because I'm, I'm half so i was like oh the token half breed he's gonna, he's gonna come on he's the token half breed he's gonna come on he's gonna play some britney spears he's gonna play some i'd be like hey man we got some good stuff for you we're gonna play some Kelly Clarkson, since you've been gone, that's right. This shit is popping off. Like it was so crazy, but that's how I got my start. And then I would do the remotes. I would work remotes. I'd go out and then I started doing a lot of emceeing at the remotes just because we needed somebody there, especially someone who spoke English, you know, because we had a lot of, we, the, the crowd would be, you know, mm-hmm. mostly Spanglish speakers because Arizona, you know, like right. not a lot, you know, 
so they'd be like oh can you go up there and announce this and then you know this guy will say it in spanish and you'll say it in english that way you know we get i'd be like all right start doing that and i was like they were like oh yeah you tell a few jokes you should go out you should start doing comedy and that's how i ended up in comedy for about a year on the the air and then i got a morning show hmm. and that lasted for all of 24 hours before i <laughs> <laughs> oh man what happened that it got cut so short did the station chiefs just say no or what happened Oh, they were like, we're going to do a pilot show. We did a pilot show on a, mm, on a okay. Sunday, just, just for, just for not even for air, just for them to listen to like a private show, just for them to gotcha. be like, yeah, okay. We like this. We had the bits and we had everything set up and, and then we do the Monday show. And I was like, I was thinking like, oh, I'm now again, what am I? I'm like 26, 27. And I'm like, I am like Howard Stern. I'm just going to do anything I want. I'm going to, everything I told them, fuck that. I'm, I got a whole new plan that I'm going <laughs> to really bring out on Monday. <laughs> so I did, I ran with a whole bunch of unapproved bits. We did the. Uh, this was in the age of Michael Vick and his dog fighting things. Mm. And I was like, I'm, I was Michael Vick on, on, on his dog fighting farm. And I was doing a black voice and I had the dogs barking. And then I think the next segment was like a porn review. Like, like it was, it was bad enough that I remember they were like, yeah, okay. You're not, a, not only are you not, do you not have the morning show anymore. You don't have the overnight show anymore. <laughs> you can just leave. Wow. Oh, bad. But Hey, I mean, it, it, that you had the balls to do it to get go give your shot you know most people would have just stuck with it and and probably been happy or satisfied with what they have and not growing into the future like you have now yeah i think everything that i've learned up to this point is like been like you know i i tried to do that i got i got shown the door I, i've done comedy for so for so long like this is about year 10 is when you should start moving forward and i've had disputes with like club owners and other comics and like I, I've definitely been my own blocker. So I, I think, but having my own forum, like having my own, you know, uh, feed where I can produce content and having full control over it, I think it's like the biggest freedom for me because I was kind of at the mercy of, and I was, I thought the system worked, right? Like I thought, go try to get into radio. They're going to make you a star or you go do your X number of years and go do open mics and you go do this and that. And then someone's going to be like, oh yeah, you, you're that one guy. We're going to make you the next Bill Burr. Like you, you're cool. Like, I can't believe no one's fine. You're the, you're the hidden gem, but like no one ever comes to save you. Like you gotta, you gotta save yourself. Right. Like that's, and that's it with like everything in life. Like no one ever is going to come save you. You, you have to be the hero of your own story. Yeah. That's, that's one of my personal life advice things that I figured out at a, at a young age is no one's going to care more about you than you. No one's going to do it for you. So you got to show up for yourself because no one else is going to do it. You might have people that'll help you along the way. And usually that's the case, but no one's going to have more of a passion or a drive for you or what you want than you do. So. Yeah, gotta, definitely. It's it. like, what do they say? Like, you know, they're, they're, people say they're self-made men, but they really are self-made men. I mean, everything, everything we get is from other people's help or how people have helped us and, and how they've chipped in or the people, the good advice that we've taken, the good advice or the advice that we've ignored. But like, Everything is, 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 you know, our intended to the world and how we're reacting to it. So when, you know, we got to put in all the work, you individually have to put in all the work, but, you know, we get so much support. Everyone's got so much support along the way that there are no self-made men. There's, there's only men who are, who are made strong by other men, women as well. So one last question before we go is what's a piece of advice that you got from your parents or your mother, or your father, or both of them that stuck with you? All right. You know, a good piece of advice my parents gave me was like, basically, you know, you got to fend for yourself. Like you, you got to do your best for yourself, but no one else is going to come along and help you. You have to be looking out for yourself. Like they would say, you got to look out for number one. And that wasn't in the case, like you're only going to look out for number one, but that meant like 
the person who's going to have the most vested interest in your success is yourself. So you have to look out for yourself. You have to do what's best for you. And I know that sounds selfish, but everything is kind of driven towards solving your own needs, figuring out your own problems. Like you have to put yourself first before you put anybody second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. So I, I think that was the greatest piece of advice I got was like, you have to be able to, to look out for yourself and stick up for yourself and kind of know where to prioritize yourself so you know your value. Yeah, totally. Well, Mark, I appreciate you for coming on the show. Uh, you want to drop your socials that everybody know where they can find you and your podcast? Yes, the show is called The Evil Mark Show. It's on Tuesday and Thursday, every week on all major platforms. Uh, I would encourage you to go to evilmark.com, which is my personal website there. You'll be able to find all the information on the show. You'll be able to find all my guest spots, all my episodes, and you'll be able to uh, download and listen on any platform that you choose. So if you're listening on Stitcher podcast or Apple podcast or Spotify, whatever, I have all the links on my website. Just go directly to evilmark.com. Got it. Mark, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you for being on the show. Thank you for your life advice. And hopefully I can have you on in the future because I have some ideas of like having kind of a panel thing and uh, shooting the shit about dating and life and all Def the things that I talk about. My definitely, show. man. I, I love to talk. I don't have to talk about sports because <laughs> I, 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 I do that so much on my show. And yeah, it's, it's hard to wedge in my own opinion when I'm like, I got to talk to you about how Memphis is going to be Seton Hall. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't be like, <laughs> by the way, you should clean your room and wash your dick. By the, and, and also Seton right. Hall's going to cover, you know? So anytime, anytime I would love to be part of it. Thank you for sticking around. I love you. You're worthy of it. Till next time. Besos.